Hello and welcome back to this bonus episode of TF. It is Riley, Milo, and Alice uh, coming at you once again uh, to right. bring some more audio content to your ears. Um, we are very happy to be joined today uh, by freelance journalist Henry Dyer. Hello. Uh, who is Whose name you may have seen crop up besides some of the uh, Tory, let's not call it corruption, call it chumocracy, call it friendliness, call it, if anything, they're just too loyal. Uh, and that's what you want in a politician or however the media wants to spin its yeah. stories. They call the me Tories. Mr. Too Damn PPE. <laughs> yeah. Um, just a bunch of guys hanging out, sharing contracts with each yeah. other. Matt Hancock is not a fake friend. <laughs> that's right. No, yeah. Matt Hancock is ride or die for his friends. His friends who will supply you with three and a half rubber gloves. Oh, you do know that uh, a a firm link to Hancock's family is one of the more recent um, to come out of this particular scandal. Oh, I'm sure not. that's not bad. That's <laughs> Hancock's fine. family. I think I've seen videos of them downing beers. <laughs> so, um, in fact, this is from later on in the notes. I'm just going to bring it forward. Gonna bring it forward for us now. We have the, the usual okay, stuff. We have a bonus episode structural anarchy. Yeah, that's right. Uh, it, we're on the bottom right of the um, of the two by two matrix, the three by three matrix, rather. No, uh, so um, uh, one of these firms. This is from the Byline Times, uh, with links to uh, Matt Hancock's family via um, his uh, a, a more business partner of his mother and stepfather. So Matt Hancock, child of divorce confirmed. Hmm. Never um, would have guessed. He seems so well adjusted. No, he's. I think he he listens to to tales from another broken home all the time. He's a real Green Day fan. <laughs> you know, you know they say the you know uh, all happy families are alike, but all unhappy families are different. And sometimes the sign of an unhappy family yeah. is you give your his friend father was a, a contract to do PPE. He died when Matt was seven. Yeah, that's right. Um, and his his stepfather actually is a collie mix, so there's irreconcilable differences. <laughs> Um, no, so it was that um, basically they provide uh, mobile testing units for the next year, and it's only five and a half million though, so quite small potatoes in terms of PPE contracting. Oh, that's pocket change, really. Mm, chicken feed. Yeah. So most of the um, what's what's been the value of of sort of all of these contracts together? It's coming. Are you calling potatoes small? It's biggest industry in Belarus. It's coming to some hundreds of millions at this point. Uh, in terms of the total even. amount of contracts like, handed out billion? over the pandemic, yeah, uh, I think it would probably be billions by this point. Yeah. I don't know the, the precise number. Um, certainly, the amount of contracts handed to individuals who have uh, curious social links that that may be connected on LinkedIn, mm. you know, um, uh, to senior Tory ministers, junior Tory ministers, and just. Anyone who may have donated to the Conservative Party is is it's definitely above six figures. You know, it's a couple couple hundred thousand, even yeah. if it's a couple million. So, if anything, what we're saying is that if you're an asset manager 
um, let's say like BlackRock or whatever, the best thing you can actually do isn't just invest in the entire market. It's just donate small amounts to the conservative party. And then hmm. the UK government will just print money to give to you. I mean, can you like follow me in a, in a highly libelous hypothetical here? Right? <laughs> hypothetically, I, I may not be able to. <laughs> yeah. for, le- for legal about, reasons, about no let's one say, else is uh, agreeing with me on this. Let's but, say government A. <laughs> let, let's say government A was Choosing to do some, uh, 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 let's say, corruption uh, by by giving its friends uh, contracts. Why wouldn't you do the more sort of time honored means of doing that? Which is, you know, you you give you give, let's say, um, a, a conservative party with a small c and a small p, uh, a, a a large amount of money. It, What's to say you don't get like an honor out of that, or like you get made ambassador to Barbados or something instead of getting uh, work that is actually quite difficult? Yeah. Like, what you, kind of reward is this? Is my question. I mean, I mean, in the olden days, you know, they would just put you in the legislature instead. But mm. yeah, the the opportunity for more business people. They respect the grind. Yeah, so I'm, I'm interested. So what, what, is, what, what do you think is the logic? Because this is a bit of a transformation, right? From like um, getting, as, as Alice, as you describe, various uh, theoretical commanders of a theoretical empire <laughs> or becoming nominated to stand as an MP in a safe seat for a uh, small C conservative party. Not the conservative party, just a conservative yeah, party. Yeah, becoming a life peer in any number of upper houses of legislatures. <laughs> so... So I think it's a question of uh, opportunity. Um, I I think what really slayed me about this was I was fully prepared for there to be like, oh, you know, they've got some friends in Serco, so once again, Serco is getting the contract. But when it was fucking Matt Hancock's pub landlord, I was like, excuse me, are we living in the thick of it? Is that what's happening now? So I, I'd say it's a question of opportunity, where which the pandemic has posed, where you know, there is a requirement for the government to spend a lot of money on getting a lot of supplies because, you know, they can't just produce it out of uh, nationalized factories um, for, yeah, for you know, crazy. the fact that we've, we've been privatizing all sorts of industry for, for donkey's years. Um, and, you know, that there, is a, there is a past history of uh, cronyism, uh, but it, it wasn't really at the forefront of, of many people's minds. I've been writing about it for, for decades. Um, but what the pandemic did is, is it just increased the amount of money available uh, to such a huge extent. And, and it sort of also reversed the process. So traditionally, what would happen is you'd be a minister, and then you'd stop being a minister, and you'd go work for some, uh, some huge company. Like you go work for McKinsey on a, on a huge uh, salary for doing 20 hours of work. And the that Osborne was the route. Yeah, yeah, precisely. Um, and whereas now, you don't really have to bother doing that. You can just sort of go, go straight to the supply and also remain a minister. Um, which is a it's a win win uh, for the company and for the for the minister uh, because they get to keep their job and their their public salary and then also get to spend public taxpayers' money on a, on to be honest with a company which they may well end up in with within the future. Um, there's a company which has got a fair bit of coverage recently called Oxford Nanopore. I've been writing about them in, in private eye. Uh, it's and- mostly, you know, Durham Nanopore. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Which is just as good in certain respects. <laughs> and, and Oxford Nanopore, they, they've had a role to do with the pandemic and that they're uh, a leading company in terms of, uh, I think it's, it's a form of DNA testing. And Oxford Nanopore has been close to the uh, Conservative Party since at least 2017. They were taken on a trade junket 
uh, Theresa May's first international trade junket to India uh, with Liam Fox, the uh, great Liam Fox, uh, who who has f- f- yeah famously entirely above board in all of his business dealings, mm-hmm. Liam Fox, and never disgraced. And and Liam Fox, um, who counts as one of his close friends, the Crown Prince of Bahrain, um, oh, he cool got a job earlier this year uh, doing consultancy work to do to do fundraising for Oxford Nanopore, and he told the advisory committee on business appointments, I have never engaged with Oxford Nanoport, despite the fact that as International Trade Secretary, Oxford Nanoport's CEO went on a trip to India, which he would have, you know, helped organize and members of his department would have talked to them. Mm-hmm. And and so that Listen, you can't be expected to remember every time you go to India with somebody yeah. that's Look, a that's lot ridiculous. of people go on a lot of junkets, okay. But, you know, we don't know if the CEO and Liam Fox spoke to each other, but we do know that the evidence given by, and, it, and it's not just politicians, it's the important thing. So the permanent secretary of the Department of International Trade is a woman called Antonia Romeo, uh, who many think was put into that position by Liam Fox. Um, she wrote to the advisory committee confirming that there'd been no connection between the two. And so that okayed, that, they gave the okay for Liam Fox to go ahead and do this work where he's helping Oxford Nanopore raise money from the Crown Prince of Bahrain, his good friend, who he knows personally and not through his role as a, as a globe-trotting mm. minister. Just, mm. just two guys hanging out in yeah. Bahrain. They met at Cambridge, Nanapore. <laughs> I met the Crown Prince of Bahrain on Grinder, actually. <laughs> <laughs> and now Oxford Nanapore, they're in the news again uh, outside of Private Eye, where uh, the, um, a, a senior figure in the Test and Trace program, uh, who was a civil servant at the Department of Health and Social Care, uh, has jumped ship. Uh, from Test and Trace and is now working for Oxford Nanopore, which were given a contract uh, by Test and Trace, uh, and not well, possibly not by Test and Trace, but by, by, by the government earlier this year. And so mm-hmm. there's, there's more questions of conflicts of interest there. And, and that's, that's where, you know, it's not just ministers uh, and indeed uh, minister spouses, um, but it's uh, people in Whitehall and in Westminster generally. Mm. And, it's, and I think if, you're, if your ruling class is essentially such a closed shop, there's very little to dissuade sort of this kind of thing from happening, right? Where if, if all of the people, if, if, or not all of, but if the vast majority of the people who, who could be reporting on this are like, you know, like James Forsyth or Allegra Stratton, like personally, um, personally connected to all the people they're supposed to be reporting on, and then all of the business dealings are also happening between the personal, con- between the ministers that are supposed to be reporting on and others, then... It seems basically like, again, I, I mean, I can't believe we've been going back to this so much, but it's like, it's like, it's like a, <clears throat> a version of the Soviet Union where you don't even get your Khrushchev apartment. You know, it's, it is, hmm. we have, we have our, um, this, the, 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 the closed, the closed shop ruling class, the, um, the sort of not the non-functional um, Pravda press. And again, when I say the Soviet Union in the way that it worked in the imagination of the West was this, you know, deeply, deeply corrupt, sclerotic closed shop of people basically ripping the copper wire out of the walls of the country so that they could hopefully escape somewhere else and not have to live in its smoldering ashes. And we appear to be just doing that. We're just sort of voluntarily doing that. It's cool. We're doing a special English version of it. Mm-hmm. Where it's a democracy and it's tasteful and yeah. it's it's not you know whatever the, the Russian for corruption is. Yeah, actually, um, <laughs> Milo may know. <laughs> Business. <laughs> it's one of those loan words. Yeah, uh, <laughs> Business. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah. Business lunch. Soup, salad, что нибудь желаете? And so like, it is it is one of these things, right, where the more I sort of learn about it, the more it, it again, it also reconfirms the old hypothesis of, you know, uh, TF season three. We've thrown the mask away. There is no more mask. Like mm. and all the the like because I remember, right. Think back to Howlett Antiquity mm. when we were talking about um, the uh, uh, coup in Equatorial Guinea episode. Where you look and there is this very kind of vague connection between like Jack Straw, Peter Mandelson, Ellie Khalil, and then Mark Thatcher and and the others, right? It's yeah, and Mark Thatcher is making money being middlemaning like like uh, Ali Amama and stuff, and he's making money trying to invest in this. But all a lot of the let's say questionable activities that were going on there were sort of quite like process oriented favors or pro- or, or ranging yeah, middleman and, positions and the connections were that much more yeah. tenuous that you you could make a a, a comedy podcast mm. about them uh whereas this time in this case you you can still make a comedy podcast about them but it it ends up being one of the more serious episodes of that comedy podcast because you're just like oh this is actually quite bad isn't yeah. it and and what's particularly strange about it is there's a degree of sort of pseudo transparency about it all where you know we know about a lot of this because the contracts get published uh, we know uh, that the example i cited earlier the test and trace um chief uh, that firm oxford nanopore they they landed up the contract was 113 million pounds mm-hmm. and the executive uh only met the company uh, as a role of uh, it, because she had this role with test and trace and so that's how she first got to know Oxford Nanopore, which has now um, mm. headhunted her. And, and, but the fact that contract is happening is very transparent. It, you know, you can have a look at it. Um, there is a degree to which some of the contracts are a bit more obscure. Uh, for instance, there's something, uh, there's a project which Department for Health and Social Care uh, is doing called Project Saturn, uh, which they did a, they got a bit of well, consultancy. Yeah. They will be eating the other smaller departments. <laughs> and, and <laughs> it was a, it was, it was in, in terms of, uh, you know, sort of contract mm-hmm. size, quite a small fry, something, you know, less than half a million pounds consultancy contract with, uh, I believe Deloitte. Mm-hmm. Um, but the details of what I, I, Freedom of Information requested the department saying, does the department hold any information on, uh, the aims and objectives of Project Saturn, because there was no information held within the public published contract document, and the initial response was no. And I was like, well, "You gave a, a a contract to a <laughs> consultancy company, and you have no you have no KPIs, you have just no idea what you want them to achieve. You just said this is Project Saturn, mm-hmm. and so they to no, be yourself and have we fun with the it. information. Then you might ask about it, <laughs> and and so they they yeah, came back one to me. step ahead, mate. They, they came back to me eventually with their response, which is that we, we can't tell you commercial sensitivity. So you're just going to have to guess what Project Saturn is. So do, you know, write in uh, yeah. with your guesses for what Project Saturn is. Uh, Absol- is absolutely. Com- well, it's commercial a good thing it doesn't sound ominous. <laughs> <laughs> well, commercial sensitivity is the fucking most pathetic way of denying a freedom of information. It's when you don't have the ability to do the fuck you national security mm. thing and so you just have to be like uh, the markets. Yeah. If you say the thing, it'll scare the markets. Um, markets. Well, you know, also, you know, one of the reasons also why so many of these are so public and even beyond the like, you know, like con- contracts with consultancy firms, just those contracts of people where it's like, yeah, of course I gave a million, one million, like, uh, a 112 million pound contract to supply gowns to like 
the guy who runs the pub by my house because fuck you. You know, what are you going to do? Vote in Jeremy Corbyn? Not likely. I mean, yeah, we're, we're recording mm. a day, a year and a day since the election result, yeah. which doesn't really feel like it. And it's like, there's at least another four years left, mm-hmm. probably. It, you know, bar some weird event happening, uh, it's probably another four years left of this government, at least. And, and then because they're attempting to, they almost certainly will repeal the Fixed Term Parliament Act, they're going to chuck on an extra six months as mm. a sort of buy five, get half free <laughs> offer to the British public, where, which they have to take and, and have no alternative. Yeah. And yeah, so it's it's because like I don't know this um the, these stories have been going for a while, and I don't know you know <laughs> Boris Johnson's approval rating isn't going anywhere, and and nobody's getting sacked, nobody's getting fired. There, one person was asked to step down, and since has, which is uh, Kate Bingham from the Vaccines Task Force. So this is, but then again, we have a vaccine now. Well, I mean, it, it's 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 a bit strange. So the the Kate Bingham story is uh, a story which uh, I helped break in the Sunday Times uh, with Gabriel Pogrand, who's one of their reporters, and, and is also the author of uh, Left Out, uh, along with Patrick McGuire, uh, a book which I believe you've reviewed on the podcast uh, before. We, we haven't. Well, we prefer, we, I think we prefer to re- review delusional books by, uh, we, we prefer <laughs> to review books by delusional assholes. I must, uh, it must have incorrectly remembered <laughs> Indeed. Who, who had reviewed it. Um, but Gabriel asked me, he said, you know, there's this Kate Bingham person. I said, I have never heard of this Kate Bingham person. Uh, and he said, you know, have a look into her, see what you find out. And what I found is um, pretty easily, it didn't take a, a long time, because uh, so Kate Bingham, she's the wife of Jesse Norman, uh, who's a Conservative MP and is a, a junior minister in the Treasury. Uh, well, sort of junior minister. Um, and she is also the managing director of a company called SV Health Investors, which is a, a huge um, Boston-based uh, health and healthcare uh, investment company. Uh, they do sort of uh, advanced drugs and uh, have investments in all sorts of um, pharmaceutical developments and that sort of thing. And Bingham did have experience in the field of venture capitalist funding uh, in the healthcare sector. Um, there were some people saying, you know, she's got no idea about anything whatsoever, which is which is incorrect. But she wasn't, and she is a, a self-professed not not an expert in vaccines. Uh, but she was appointed to the role earlier this year, uh, back in back in May, uh, by Boris uh, himself, and and she reported to Boris. And the vaccine task force was formed, and it sits under both the Department of Health and Social Care and uh, the Department for Business, Energy, and Industrial Strategy. Um, whose secret- uh, who se- who's permanent sec- uh, whose secretary of state is Alok Sharma, and so the fact that it's between the two was quite would end up being quite unhelpful. And then, so what I found is that Bingham had she'd done a couple of media appearances. She showed up on on BBC Breakfast, and then uh, at one point in October, in in early Oct- uh, in late October, she uh, appeared on a two hundred dollar a head conference for women for women women investors. Uh, which was strange enough shared by a man, I believe, um, mm. uh, based in the United States, called Perspectives by uh, a group called Folk Marquez, and in it she gives a, a one-hour presentation uh, in which she, with accompanying slides, some of which are marked official sensitive, talking about uh, the drugs which the government has invested in, and indeed those which it might consider investing in. Mm. And she's giving this talk to a, a bunch of female private investors. Uh, and, you know, what was well, the story, uh, which, which we did is that, well, 
this is a list of medicines which the government is monitoring. You have to pay to, you know, we, we, we paid to uh, get a copy of the, mm. uh, of the presentation and, well, and uh, listen through to it. And she said, we haven't necessarily signed contracts with uh, all of these vaccines so far, but they're, in our, they're all in our sites. And some of these vaccines were owned and funded by publicly traded companies. Uh, so they could have been invested in as a result of uh, having heard what Bingham was predicting the government no, might get I around mean, to doing. That, that, does, that does sound like it could be illicit, but on the other hand, have you considered feminism? And this is what feminism is, is, is when you uh, release uh, <laughs> information that could be potentially useful to insiders who wished to trade on that yeah, knowledge. Feminism is where um, insider trade is. You get like the purge for insider trading once a year. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> feminism is you get a pass on doing insider trading. Um, and this is and that's what it also is, is very interesting. The other thing, right. right, is that's actually affirmative action for women is they get to do insider trading until they get paid the same. <laughs> you get to do 33 cents extra of insider trading. Um, where the other angle here as well, though, That's is right. $200 a head. That's cheap. Incredibly cheap. Uh, for, in for information on publicly traded companies that are going to be selling, let's say, everything that they have to a, a, a sovereign state that can print money. Basically, that is... That is, well, again, if you are an investor, just donate to every conservative party official you can. Like, I don't know, 20 pounds, like just like some Tesco vouchers. Yeah, but buy, buy, buy Matt Hancock some tiny furniture on spec, purely on the basis that, like, essentially right. Dunbar's number kicks in here, right? The maximum number of people you can actually hold relationships with. So long as you stack the number of people Matt Hancock has met most recently with you and your friends, <laughs> when he's mm. thinking of, oh, well, who should we who should we go for this contract to? Yeah, eventually it's gonna it's gonna turn up. Yeah, on or you. you just invite Matt Hancock to like the jockey club where you be like you're like, I got you a chair with extra padding. And then he's like, all right, here's what yeah. we're gonna invest in. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's like the seven degrees of separation That's right. thing. Matt Hancock wants to live in a big doll's house. It's like, you know, the government does procurement by seven degrees of separation, but seven degrees is too much. Six degrees is too much. Five degrees is too much. Yeah. One degree is that's awkwardly close. Uh -huh. You know, so, let's have a bit of distance. Yeah, Two degrees. Yeah, like my friends and well wishers, and you know, someone who sent me a John Lewis. This podcast that sent me a John Lewis gift basket. Oh, what a lovely hamper! There's some cream sherry, delicious. Yeah. Better. Uh, I'm gonna this have this guy, podcast. He might have some PPE that uh, fell off a truck. Yeah, I, I'm <laughs> gonna let them. I'm gonna let them procure all of the medical gloves for the surgeons in the country, and we assume it'll be fine. Uh, also, ideally, those degrees should be from Oxford. Uh, oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Doxbridge. Doxbridge only. Here's the other thing, because there's, there's two sides of this, right? There is this basically like senior members of a conservative party and their friends and well-wishers basically stepping into... Um, the like month the prize tube at Chuck E. Cheese and just like grabbing <laughs> as much public money as they can. Then there's the other side, which is the stuff that actually and the, it, here's the the difficulty, right? You have to kind of distinguish between these two kinds of <clears throat> chumocracy. I'm saying that with heavy quotation marks around it, which is the um 
this which is like you say the the public appointments of well we can't just have we have to have someone in the role who can do the job but it has to be someone i know right and this is this is and if there's there's a big conversation here about like especially among like the democrats in labor how they love these organizations are just like job for life programs for like randomly selected members of the pmc whereas but it's like it has to be me i must be the one to save the country even though i you know, broke this or that covid rule or whatever with the conservatives it's mm. like no it has to be my friends because i know that they're loyal to me and i'm loyal to them and we're just always going to help one another out <laughs> couldn't couldn't get the contract to supply rubber gloves because he wasn't full italian so, but there's two halves of this right there's that half we have like sort of, mm-hmm. if you like, grace and favor appointments, but for quite, um, you might say, uh, crude or low or um, uh, 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 not, not, not sort of, um, you're not getting ambassadorships. You're getting like a contract to supply gloves. It's just this one makes you dynastically wealthy. And then there's the, 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 the other half, which is, yeah, so there's the appointments on the one half. And then the other half, there is these procurement contracts. And these are two different kinds of chumocracy. You know, and but then on the other mm. side of that, there is we, mm. we, the people who actually are then, um, you know, having to live in this country, and the doctors who are having to use this PPE, or us who are having to like, you know, pay for these vaccines through our taxes that we don't really know the integrity of how they were procured necessarily. Where uh, you know, I'm, I'm reading up on some of this, and you know, uh, there are people who are saying, yeah. Um, in, in social care, for example, they're actually suffering shortages of vi- vital PPE. Uh, they're, they're saying the gowns are poor quality, masks are needing mm-hmm. to be recalled, and so on and so on. Where, like, it's not just that people are getting unjustly you know, wealthy. People are asking, how could I give this contract to Hugo to provide all the PPE when he has no experience? And, like, he's got a degree in it, mate. <laughs> Very good. I was wondering how long it would take for us to do that one, and I and I think we executed it well. Um, but like there on the, so on the other side, there is this. It is just completely inadequate the service we're actually getting, right? And I think it's not too much of a leap of logic to suggest that maybe there is some kind of a connection between um, chumocracy and this. Yeah, uh, yeah, corruption. Th- that word that we all love to use because it isn't related to anything uh, libelous. And what they show is that there will be, you know, no consequences. Maybe there'll be a public inquiry, oh. and they may have to have an awkward grilling for half an hour, forty-five minutes. But the consequences will be pretty limited. And, and actually, on Kate Bingham, you know, the question of was she, uh, did she say she was going to step down uh, before the story broke or or not is is unclear. Um, it's been suggested that actually, and, and, and indeed she's actually said uh, that from the very beginning, the idea was that her role would only go to the end of the year in any mm. case. So she, she actually, she stepped down uh, earlier this week and there was a nice interview with her in uh, yesterday's Times, mm. which was pretty sort of... It was a, a, some might call a, a, a wiffle ball interview. <laughs> do, do you think that your feminism is too good? Oh, uh, Alice, you joke. You joke, but I have some quotes here. Um, Number one, right? How easy would it have been for the Conservative Party to say to Kate Bingham, look, you were only going to be here for the rest of the year anyway. Why don't we just, why don't you just say that due to this conflict of interest, you're resigning? No, 
there must the wall of of solidarity between senior members of the conservative party is ironclad even in this case where we could have for free someone who was already stepping down could have made it look like we actually cared about this stuff no yeah wh- why bother pretending they don't have to give her a redundancy payment. She is doing the job for free. She's also apparently not claiming any expenses. So she is she is doing it for free. Except for her social media team, of course. They are getting a, a, just a, a small amount of, of 670,000 pounds. <laughs> and and it, uh, you know, she might just happen to know, but that's... Yeah. But it's for, she's doing it for free. Yeah, exactly. She, it's, it's, it's volunteer work. If anything, she should be getting taxes back. And also a medal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, fuck it. Make her a, make her a dame. Why not? She, I, I, I would... Probably put right. money on her getting an honor at the yeah. end of the year. So basically, oh, I love this broad. In- instead of <laughs> cash for honors, it's cash and honors. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Um, where it's like, also, it's like for everyone who says like, oh, Amazon, pay your taxes. It's like, why? It's going to go to this. <laughs> it's going to... It's just... Uh, Amazon, pay your taxes. What you're doing is you're basically setting up a new generation of like, I don't know, Mondeo man aristocracy. Like, what's the fucking point? Hmm. Which is... And that's... Just re- redirect one big money pit into another one with a series of tubes. Yeah. For my money, Kate Bingham is the Captain Tom of the British government. Um, so this is this is a quote here, right? And this is off the back of Gavin Williamson um, saying, yeah, we got the vaccine first because we're better than everyone, um, which is you know, <laughs> it's transparently a stupid. I, yeah. I, I know we talk a lot about Matt Hancock, but I think Gavin Williamson may be my favorite Tory minister on the basis that like, he, yeah, I'm sorry to betray our boy Matt like this, but the thing is Matt Hancock has Labrador brain. Whereas Gavin Williamson, his is like his brain is ninety percent beef. Prions, no, Gavin Gavin Williamson has the brain of a fourteen year old boy named Kyle. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, 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 when he was at the MOD, just like <laughs> holes in the office drive. He also has the spider of a fourteen year old yeah. boy called, called Kyle, who wait, wait, yeah. you know he may have stolen Cronus. <laughs> Probably did cro- Cronyism. Uh-huh. I don't know. Maybe there's something there. Maybe not. Cronyism. Yeah. So he, he was yeah. what. It's a 14-year-old if, if boy. If I had that- to describe Gavin Williamson, someone took the demon headmaster and gave him a lobotomy. <laughs> but also, it's a 14-year-old boy who, like, keeps a tarantula to intimidate people who come into his room. Which mm. is literally what Gavin Williamson does do. Yeah, just, just putting up a sign on the ministerial office on the outside that says, do not enter, this is Gavin's gaming <laughs> zone. Some caution tape on his door. <laughs> Mom, no I can't allowed. pause it. It's online. <laughs> uh, just you go go in, just cut, like just old FHM posters, a Slipknot poster, <laughs> <laughs> like like one of those two thousand three girls in a bikini. Just <laughs> <laughs> it just opens the red box, and a bunch of empty monster energy falls out. <laughs> Uh, just get uh, us communicate. Sorry, G- Gamer Williamson has now <laughs> stolen this episode. So here is what uh, Gavin William. What what um. To, this is off the back of Gavin. Oh yeah, that's also another sort of like a fourteen-year-old boy patriot thing to me. Like yeah, we're just better than other countries. Fuck off. No French allowed. <laughs> yeah. Um. So uh, Kate Bingham quote was horrified by the suggestion that Gavin Williamson, the education secretary. Oh God, and he's in school. <laughs> <laughs> it gets better and better. 
Uh, I feel like this uh, this has legs. Uh, we're going to be talking about um, angsty teen boy Gavin Williamson again in the future. Um, the, the education secretary that the rapid introduction of the vaccine showed that Britain was a quote much better country than France, Belgium, or the states. Kate Bingham <laughs> We've got says, it written down right it's here. It's not true. The reason we're in a good position is because of global collaboration and a massive cooperation between companies and countries and scientists and clinicians. It's nothing to do with us being superior. Um, I think that it's missing the point. The point is the world has come together and shared data and expertise and people and knowledge and said, how can we do this in the best possible way? And it is unquestionable that it is going to change how we do business. And again, if you want to think like that's a, a, a relatively, you know, um, quite uh, so morally. It's a, it's a Buttigiegian yeah, answer. It is a Buttigiegian answer. And you have to, I think that one of the important things is to try to remember that it is not just the like you know square dancing oinking oinking hogs who are the ones who are essentially driving the country into the sea or the sun or wherever you prefer it is the well spoken well educated cosmopolitan um quite caring moral liberals it is it is hmm. because it's it, who who was this, who, the, it's the person who's talking all these peons to international cooperation. This is the same person who was like giving little hints to, you know, the, the investorettes from The Simpsons as to what the country is going <laughs> to be, where we are going to be putting our vaccine money. If you want to know who's fucking you over, um, it is as it is as much these people as the like, you know, um, the Baz nationalists. Yeah. Yeah, it's great. Cool. Uh, so I want to talk a little before I have a startup today as well, but uh, I want to talk a little bit more about the actual channels through which this happens, right? There are, and again, to differentiate between, um, you might say, appointments to friends and family, uh, such as uh, as Bingham, um, or uh, you know many others throughout, and also sort of the awarding of contracts, uh, such as the, the the old original one. Remember, there was someone in Liz Truss's orbit. Um, it was um, yeah, opening up new the family office. Right? It was Ayanda. Oh yeah, the, the classic, the one of the first, the for the tip of this sordid iceberg. Um, so how it actually happens is that um, the the DHSC operates a high priority route for PPE suppliers. Now, uh, Henry, do you know much about this high priority route? I've I've read about it in uh, some of the press reports and. So what's come out, uh, I think, as a result of various uh, legal filings uh, by the Good Law Project, uh, which is being led by everyone's favorite fox killer, Johnny and Morm. Mm -hmm. um, Surprisingly based these yeah, days. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm waiting for him to do a Peter Dow, and I'm wondering if he actually will. Yeah, kind I'm, of. I'm waiting for the Boxing Day 2.0 follow-up tweet. <laughs> like, so wait, are you saying Boxing Day 2019 was Alien, where he fights one fox? <laughs> Boxing Day 2020? <laughs> Morm versus Predator? <laughs> Whoever wins, we lose. <laughs> so, sorry, please, please go on. So, um, but what the Good Law Project has done is, is they have got these various documents uh, out of uh, the Department of Health and Social Care and the National Audit, Audit Object, uh, Aud National Audit Office. Um, ha they found that there was this high priority route for PPE, and it was it was as simple as uh, if you referred uh, a bid. Uh, by uh, if a minister's office referred a bid which they'd heard about from their chum at the golf club, then it would go into a you know priority boarding for the the money train. Um, 
and and you just hop right on and be given a contract and you'd have to go over to Shenzhen and you know find 50 million gowns for the mm. 100 million pounds you've been given. So you just go on wish.com basically and you just navigate <laughs> through the various like sex dildos and you're like, "Ah, there we go. Some bin liners." Yeah, every one of these fine. gowns has a painting of a toe on it for some reason, but other than that, <laughs> yeah. they're good. They're on AliExpress, chaps. <laughs> and and so you get this high priority route and um so it basically just means so 10% of contracts that were submitted through the high priority route. So referred by ministers personally, who, again, it's not like ministers tend to have expertise in their area. They're just a parliamentarian who's... No, but we, we're making them all into YouTubers yeah. now. If you click on the affiliate link, I get some money. And don't remember, don't forget to like, subscribe, and hit the notification I the, button. I want the Raid Shadow Legends PPE equipment. That's what I want. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, trying to get my, I'm trying to get my set bonus for the uh, legendary Molten Core set. I, I, I love to, like... Uh, open up for my guys what is ppe other than a Fortnite skin yeah i mean listen if, if you get a skillshare trial membership it now comes with 50 million masks <laughs> but the thing is also never don't forget I, I was looking for that stat from social care it's that adult social care providers received only 10 percent of their estimated need of ppe from the government between march and july um and nhs trust received 80 percent of their estimated need so it's like we were being cons- we were massively overpaying and being consistently undersupplied by a process that structurally favored the friends of MPs. Can you can you t- can you describe using a word that doesn't rhyme with option what that could possibly be? <laughs> <laughs> oh, we now, uh, now you've included the the whole fucking rhyme gonna, thing that throws out my cat. Need a very large thesaurus, I think. <laughs> um Selective. One might call it a a quid pro quo. <laughs> yeah, skid row bro. <laughs> um, yeah. Right, and um, you know, so, and, and 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 every single nook and cranny that you look here, right, there is there is just more and more that is harder and harder to excuse, and that yeah, and 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 that you requires you to use more and more arcane synonyms in order to describe it. <laughs> The fucking PPE payola scam. <laughs> the uh, what's in what some are ca- in what some are calling gown bonanza. <laughs> One might say that this has an air of flim flam about it. Now, I'm not saying that 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 um, you know, Matt Hancock's uh, you know. Like the, the the Matt Hancock's like favorite waiter is going to move to the next town once he's sold the snake oil. Um, so here's here's another thing, and this is also from the Good Law Project. So this is also from uh, Fox Killer in Chief himself, um, where he basically says that there are reports that you know he finds trustworthy, and he's published a lot of this, and he's willing to publish this under his name. So I'll repeat it here with those caveats. Um, yeah, sue him, <laughs> so not back us. Back in the early days of the pandemic. Uh, a company, let's say X, would be given a very large PPE contract. X could then reasonably claim to be a proper PPE supplier. The contract was signed, and then X would start shipping PPE to the UK. In the middle of the shipment, the contra- they would be uh, company X would be contacted and said the contract was cancelled by the government. Um, then uh, X gets X begins to see this happen to other people as well with very other similar contracts, and the contracts being reawarded to say company Y which would be um, a company that, say, was not a PPE supplier. Um, And then what would happen is uh, that company X would be contacted by someone claiming to act for company Y and says to, and Y tells X, um, I can get you the contract back if you give me 10% of the profits you make. Mm -hmm. 
<laughs> well, I mean, it's it's a deep irony in that the government is actually practicing cancel culture. <laughs> I mean, at this point, I think it's less even cancel culture, and it's more just like satrial. <laughs> this is we we mm. have we we basically have put Tony Soprano in charge of everything. <laughs> Um, and you know it's uh, we put Tony Soprano in charge of everything, and we don't even get the Doctor Melfi scenes. It's just it's just it's this. It's a good little earner, yeah. Um, which and that just that just seems that seems mafia ish. What Mom is describing is there a, again? Is there another way to describe it other than mafia like? <laughs> Mobbed yeah. up, uh, legitimate business. <laughs> uh, it is it is deep in the Westmin I mean uh t- episode title the Westminster Legitimate Businessmen's Club. <laughs> um <laughs> let's see let's let's see if we have what we need now is Dave Courtney to get involved. <laughs> <laughs> oh and here's I've got a lot of highly illegal PPE. I wish to, like <laughs> my, if, if Dave Courtney was friends with a conservative he is too moral he's not friends yeah, we need to we need to make some introductions yeah. right we need to get Matt Hancock and Dave Courtney in get the same the app, room the Matt That's Hancock app right. that's that is the that is the hidden yeah. third channel there's the VIP channel mm. there's standard public procurement channel and then you just put on the Matt Hancock app dear Matt I have a lot of gowns for you <laughs> And 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 he'll be, he'll DM you. Yeah, that's right. Well, it's that you he'll he'll DM you like if you make a good enough riff with him, you know. On so you got to be a bit of a reply guy. You got to develop a parasocial mm. relationship with Matt Hancock, which I think I might have actually done by accident. <laughs> mm. I don't I don't like the Matt Hancock MP now that they added flutes to it. <laughs> um, so uh, here's another one, right? <laughs> These contracts also have like ten to twenty percent margin. Like they're not. It's not just like this is a hundred million pound contract that you're going to spend, you know, ninety five million or like ninety seven million getting, and you pocket three million. No, you pocket like twenty million, ten twenty million on these. You'll for some of them, like where it's like you could there are like dynastic fortunes being built on the basis of who is friends with the person who is now you might say, dictatorially in charge of the country. And it also... Yeah, and I, I, have, I have a black pill question yeah, here, right? Which is, as bad as, the, as bad as the coronavirus has been, right? If this is how the government responds in terms of its procurement to, let's say, a major crisis, but certainly not the worst anyone can imagine, or necessarily even the worst that's going to be coming down the tubes in the foreseeable future... How much better do you think they're going to be about something worse? Oh, if it's like like a flood right. or like a re- like not just any flood, but like a kind of like city destroying flood, for example, mm. um, or like uh, I don't know, let's say a water crisis or food shortages or things that will start happening more that the climate is running out. L- looks at watch theatrically. <laughs> I'm trying to recall. I I I have this vague memory of a a story about a. It's it's to do with a flood, and uh, I think possibly it's a. They have to pump enough water out, and they can't pump enough water out. And there's a there's something sort of. I don't know. I'm a bit of a ramble. Sorry, Nate. Um, the the the, what you say about dynastic wealth uh is is really interesting. Um. Gabriel in, in the Sunday Times, he's been doing some stories recently about a, a former Tory councillor called uh, Steve Deccan, uh, who is the owner of Platform 14, which specialises in medical devices for people with chronic pain, which last year had a loss of uh, about half a million pounds. 
And uh, this year uh, was awarded a £120 million contract to supply masks in March, a £156 million contract in June to supply gowns and masks, uh, with no competitive tender. And uh, he's since built, built himself a, uh, he's since bought himself a nice £1.5 million pound grade two listed property in the Cotswolds, uh, as well as a £250,000 holiday home in Cornwall, and very nicely his parents, £50,000 property for his parents in Exeter. Um, and a new warehouse for the company. Uh, you know, that is quite a lot of purchases to make a year on from losing half a million pounds. Mm. And, I mean, it's if we think about this, right, like, what it means is that the more crises happen, the more this small coterie of, you know, friends, basically, uh, are going mm. to buy more and more expensive property that eventually is going to be secured by guards wearing exploding collars. Yeah, and I mean, at least previously, when you were generating dynastic wealth, you know, if, if it was in ancient China, you had cool scholar hats and all of these guys were drinking liquid mercury to live forever. And if it was in, like, 18th century France, they were all commissioning, like, giant halls of mirrors. But, like, what are these guys doing with their allegedly well, ill-gotten They're going to start games, by collecting all you know? of the art from the Battersea Power Station, and they'll just go from there. <laughs> <laughs> I simply try not to think yeah, about and it. I think this is, it's like to sort of put a button on this, right, uh, before we go to the startup, it's, um, it's not 1980, it's not 1930, it's not 1848, it's 1066. It is the establishment of an entirely... So it is the re replacement and absorption of a ruling class by a new ruling class that is essentially plundering the country. The difference is, these guys, they're not coming from outside the country. They're just a new and ascendant sort of... Um, Sort of spiv businessman, <laughs> Matthew Fitz yeah. Hancock, and, and the Bayou tapestries being uh, weaved by <laughs> friends of King William. Indeed, indeed, the Bayou um, tapestry. <laughs> the ba oh, so I need to plug in my computer one nah, moment. Nah, I, I do declare we have fought a, a glorious war upon the peoples of England. <laughs> what King Harold really needed was PPE. Because yeah, if he had that, then he wouldn't have been shot in the <laughs> eye. Yeah, he needed one of those little plastic eye shields. So, um, I think with uh, leaving behind the uh, what the um, the, the Bayo tapestry that will be created by uh, sort of you know, uh, reactionary YouTubers, uh, <clears throat> why don't we uh, talk about a startup? Uh, hmm. It's one that I yeah, it's one that I toyed with not doing because it was part of a viral Twitter post. Uh, so you may know what this is already, but I promise you, I have done further reading about it. Uh, so there is going to be more in it to see. So mm -hmm. the startup is called Acadium. I I don't know Good, what this thank is. Goodness. Genuinely, um, Acadium. We're going to start with Milo. Um, what do I think Acadium is? Uh, I. I genuinely have not. It's so it's so anodyne. It sounds like a sort of ancient Roman cult or something, but I know it's going to be way more boring. Yeah, it sounds like the name a private military country gives to itself after like a public war crime. Yeah, something um, like that. Yeah, but no, it's not. Uh, Henry Acadium. Uh, Acadium. I uh, I can can only guess it's something to do with trees. I'm I'm feeling trees. Some sort of like we will grow billion trees on an island in the Pacific and then move there. <laughs> um, and we're going to move all the people that make their dynastic wealth from dodgy PPE procurement there. 
where yeah. they don't have mm. where they don't have to live with the consequences. But then we will burn down the Amazon completely. <laughs> oh, you cool. well, yeah, you got to burn down the Amazon. Mm. What are you? What are you? Some kind of child who thinks we can't burn down the Amazon? Be realistic. And but you can if you invest early. You can get your name on yeah. one of the, the trees. Left. One minute they hate Amazon, one minute they love it. You know what do they want? <laughs> uh, Alice, Acadium. Give me a give me a guess. We're gonna reverse the Louisiana purchase and take all of those Cajuns back to uh, whence they came, the maritime provinces of Canada, in order to form a new Acadia again. That's right. Uh, it's, it's, it's Acadia University. Uh, so Acadium started with the belief that anyone anywhere should be able to get the blank they need to start their career without barriers like price, schedule, or location getting in their uh, way. References. Sk- skills. Um, Alice, you're, you're on the right track. Because it's sounding like an online learning thing. It's sounding like a Khan Academy thing to me. It is to do with learning, but it is, let's say, one step more exploitative than the Khan Academy. Oh, excellent. Okay. You work Um, for the Khan Academy? uh, Okay, Henry is now closest. Tutoring? Let's say you get to- Jessica, Illinois, friend of your classmate. (laughs) Yep. Um, So- uh, I'm going to give you the pinned tweet of the of Moa Boss, the guy who's in charge of it, the Canadian guy who's in charge of it. The dream is free. Hustle sold separately. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Hustle not available in, to viewers in Scotland or Northern Ireland. Um, so the dream is free. A, an, an extra hustling fee may apply. Oh, it does. Uh, in, in the Highlands and Islands. It does. An extra hustling fee is applied by Acadium. <laughs> okay, excellent. Um, okay, of course, of course. Okay, so knowing all of that, I want to do one more round of guesses from all of all of you fine people. I'm going to start with Milo. Um, is it that they are? Um, oh man, I don't know. It's just it's so vague, isn't it? Like there's something about hustle. Like, do they do they give you some kind of like loan shark loan to start a business? So close. It is so close. Um, does it is does it give you like student? Does it are you financing your own student loans? Sort of. You're, there's one essential piece that we're all missing here because I think you haven't gotten cynical enough about how exploitative education could be. You you rent your university courses and then they pull the knowledge back out of your brain if you don't pay, like Johnny Mnemonic. <laughs> yeah, you you get uh, you get hit with the yeah. neuralizer from Men in Black. <laughs> yeah, no, they just send uh, they just send a large man around to hit you in the head with a hammer until you can't remember the stuff that you paid for uh, to learn. You get the questions for free, but you have to pay for the answers. <laughs> pay good money for that. Um, send the guy around. So uh, no, here here's what it is. It is. You can kickstart your digital career, find an apprenticeship, and get the mentorship experience and connections you need to start Mm -hmm. a digital marketing career. Paying, but you pay to become an apprentice. Yeah, you... Oh, no. (laughs) Yeah. You invest in your career by paying to work for free. (laughs) You work for negative money. (laughs) Cool. Cool. (laughs) Which gives you valuable business experience in learning how to be ripped off. Yeah, I mean, I, honestly, I think like if these guys just like ma- just like mailed Gavin Williamson a Christmas card, maybe they could take over the universities. <laughs> um, so basically, Acadium is a digital apprenticeship platform where uh, if you're a company and you want an apprentice, uh, not an unpaid intern, an apprentice, it's different and legal. Um, 
which makes it great. Uh, you can post a job opening. And if you're an apprentice, there are two tiers. There's the free tier, boo, where you can just get any old stupid apprenticeship if you're lucky enough to get selected for it. Um, and, and then there's the premium curated hustle tier, I imagine. Uh, yep, that's right. What the, do they call it? The gold tier? The platinum tier? Uh, they call it a K- prestige tier? They call it a Cadium Plus. So you can get what they call yeah. a premium apprenticeship. <laughs> and also, don't forget, <laughs> this is for digital marketing, the most bullshit industry. <laughs> this is for learning to do posts. Um, You'll stand out with an Acadian Plus icon on your Acadian profile, which signals to mentors that you are trained, motivated, and verified. <laughs> that you're easily ripped off <laughs> you are, and willing to pay to work. That you are very easily tricked. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if, this, this large rube button applied to your profile <laughs> will signal to employers that you are a worthwhile asset. <laughs> yes, it's our special turnip truck program. <laughs> That <laughs> <laughs> um, so you'll stand out with an Acadian Plus icon on your Acadian so profile. So funny because just yeah. the more staff you take on, the more money you make. Why not? <laughs> Again, it's being a surf. Can you get you an apprenticeship? Like, yeah, with technically, Acadian? I have fifty thousand employees. Uh, I, I make a fortune. I don't think you can. Uh, that would be very clever. That's Acadian, like negative, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Inverse Acadian. Uh, so the team at Acadian Plus contacts top businesses, including their network of hiring partners, to ensure that you find a match with the right skills and personality to optimize your learning experience. So this is going to work at, at best about as well as like a university career service. Well, a University of Phoenix online career service. <laughs> yeah, also- but also you're paying them a large amount of money directly is, to do that. Is there an app involved where you can swipe on potential <laughs> apprentices? Um, that's not... No, it's more like a, it's, it's more like an online shopping thing. Oh, they don't have an app? How are they even a tech company? Uh, boo! You gotta have an app. So there are three pricing tiers for your premium apprenticeship. <laughs> Oh boy, okay, like the Labour Party now. Alright, so look, there's um, $399 uh, per month for oh eight my. months. What? <laughs> now, but what? they also teach you some digital marketing skills, but mainly they verify that you've taken some courses. $399 a month? For eight months, yes. And then you take some courses online also. Uh, y- <laughs> if you want to be our new co-host, Alice appears to have died. <laughs> Yeah, I I think I might have done. <laughs> You're paying this to possibly get hired as an apprentice, which is like you get hired, but not really. You also get some YouTube and, videos and some Zoom calls. And and you're paying with, with anyone three thousand dollars to do this? Yes. <laughs> Well, <laughs> hey guys, do you remember when when you hired me to be on the podcast and you were like, "Yeah, no, we're really into into this. We like a lot of your your posts and your comedy. The only thing is, we will need you to pay the three thousand dollar hiring fee." Well, it's um, it's the exact that's that totally normal thing that every employer does. Well, it's all see what it is is it's the exact same corporate setup as this is just making every industry the arts. Yeah, it's the exact same corporate setup as Corrupt FM. Where everyone pays <laughs> subs to Grinder, and then they yeah. get to come on, and they get to rap in non-premium times. Um, Milo, yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, this is turning every industry into the arts, because oh, digital marketing is a bullshit job. If you can get it, then you basically can just sort of kind of um, 
in Canada, we call it- Just post through it. In Canada, we call it lily dipping, which is when you're on a canoe trip- Excuse me? And you dip your paddle into the water, and then you just allow the current to carry it back. Excuse me? Do not look that up on Urban Dictionary. (laughs) Going out to dip your lily, are you, bud? (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, that's just the most popular option, Alice. There's also a one-time payment of (laughs) $2,999- Oh, well, you save nearly a thousand dollars doing that. That's a bargain. <laughs> or there is the uh, serfdom agreement, where you pay eleven percent of your salary if you are then hired as a full-time uh, employee. For how long? <laughs> a year. <laughs> <laughs> This is, on the one hand, this is the let's say you don't pay with money, but no, you very much you do. You very much pay with, well, you, in that sense, you, it's like, you pay with a large <laughs> amount of money. Yeah, you do pay with money. Um, <laughs> and then uh, the, like, you can work for such companies. Let's just say you do pay with money. <laughs> you can work with such companies as Playper. What do we all think Playper does? This is first round startup game speed round. Playper. Milo. Oh, God. Oh. It's like the early learning center. It's going to be like blocks and stuff. Uh, Alice, you're very close. Milo. Um, is it like uh, pay- reusable paper so you can draw shit on it and it... And it- I don't That's know, you can genuinely a good idea, so yeah, it, it can't be that. It, it, I'm afraid it is, it's interactive virtual paper for kids to play with. Um, oh, Helimaze, Ma- which makes um, uh, 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 Apple products. Uh, not Apple products like uh, like the computer, but like they make like cider. <laughs> you could do... <laughs> you, can, you, you can become an apprentice Hey, mom, hey, dad, I paid $3,000, but I did get a job with Apple out of it. Oh, that's cool. No, no, no. No, uh, the, no the other kind of Apple. I, got, I, I paid $3,000 to get a job um, post doing posts for this um, cider company. <laughs> yeah, I work for Baz's Cider Farm. Okay, here's... No one here is going to guess this. Uh, Beviva. Let's start with Henry. Uh... Beviva, Beviva sells insurance. <laughs> Beviva sells insurance. Very fun, Alice. <laughs> yeah, no, it it it, it, it b- b- buses. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yo, all of you are wrong. Uh, they make cereal out of sweet potatoes. That sounds so <laughs> disgusting. Why not? Fuck it. Yeah, sounds 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 great. Sounds like uh, an up and coming company that I would pay to work make for. Make cereal out of beans. Yeah, uh, three three thousand dollars, please. <laughs> then you, we can guarantee for three thousand dollars, we will make sure that Beviva knows the sweet potato cereal company knows that you've taken an introduction to Canva class. Because of yeah, course, we've t- we've got the hookup with Beviva. You think just anybody can get a job with Beviva? Presumably, if the, you know the the tutors, uh, I suppose, to give them a, a some sort of term, are so advanced that they can give you these skills at three thousand for three thousand dollars why don't they just become the marketing executives themselves why don't they just build the whole startup out of the marketing executives could it be because it's a hustle <laughs> it is yeah they do like to post about hustle and for all we know that's what we're <laughs> what, talking about what's what, what's your favorite shape and why is it a sort of uh, multi-dimensional triangle <laughs> um there's uh there oh god okay there is just because of this this discussion of pricing tiers there is one last thing I want to talk about before we all uh you know go on about our normal lives, um which is that have you have everyone here familiar with the uh the 2024 club? No. Well, 
You know how uh, I was worried that labor was going to... Well, I wasn't worried because fuck them. I absolutely have left and they will not be getting another penny of my money. But if you're a sucker and you want to be involved in the Labour Party <laughs> If now, you have applied the big Rube <laughs> profile picture to your Labour Party membership card... Yeah. Uh, if you continue to have a Labour Party membership card at this point, you might as well have an Acadian Plus certification as well. You are a fucking Rube. Um, so... Labor Southeast, and there's no reason to think that they won't spread this initiative elsewhere, has launched basically like <laughs> what can only be described as um, like airport lounge tiers. <laughs> oh, oh, excellent. <laughs> so I, I get oh, premium sick. boarding onto the Centrist. Yeah, train. do they get the big Milo emote? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you sign up for £24 a month, so tier three for the price of a tier three Patreon sub, a tier three Twitch sub, rather, you will be entered into a quarterly prize draw. You'll get a, okay. you'll get a briefing on how your money is making a difference, like if you, I don't know, adopt a zebra or something. Um. You get a discount on your regional conference pass. <laughs> you just get sent pictures of fucking like Annalise Dodds <laughs> telling you how she's doing, what your money's being yeah, spent. Yeah, no, you get an information pack from Keir Starmer's donkey sign. <laughs> um, this, well, this is the silver membership. The gold membership, again, you're not far wrong. <laughs> Oh no! What? Um, you get the Keir so Starmer that, remote. If you have twenty-four pounds a month, <laughs> you, you, you know. get access to Keir Starmer's private snap. Oh yeah, for twenty-four pounds Only a fans. month, right? If you're just like entry-level PMC, you know, you get you get like you get basically like you get to, your name gets put in a tombola to win like a signed copy of like uh, of Luke Aker's list of countries he wants to nuke. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's a long list. <laughs> a signed copy of every country in the world. Uh, <laughs> And or like, and then yeah, like a like a like a picture of Annalise Dodds showing you buying like pens or whatever. Um, <laughs> gold members uh, from the movie Gold Member <laughs> can make uh, for eighty pounds a month. <laughs> so for eighty pounds a month, the gold member tier. Um, <laughs> You get also invited to the same quarterly prize draws, but maybe you get put in like the fast track tombola. Um, mm. Quarterly briefings. It's briefings. They've yeah. You get access to the big labor schmelting factory. <laughs> no, uh, quarterly. They they mean briefings, but they did write briefings um, on how your money is making a difference. So you know, same thing. Annalise Dodds being like, "Oh, we were able to buy lunch today." A free regional <laughs> conference pass. So, you know. All wow. <laughs> what an Regional labor conference? The sexiest <laughs> place to, like, flaunt my all-access pass in fucking Britain? Uh, probably digitally and virtually for the foreseeable future uh, anyway. Yes, absolutely. You get invited to an exclusive Zoom call. 40 minutes limited. Yeah. I love paying like fifty pounds a month to get my free bumper sticker that says "Honk if you love Dodds." <laughs> so you get early bird access to Southeast Labor uh, Zoom calls. <laughs> you you get a Keir Starmer "How's my driving?" bumper sticker. Um, you get an invitation to an exclusive. Stop, stop Keir! I can only get so hard. <laughs> <laughs> you get an invitation to an exclusive 2024 club reception attended by reception. <laughs> attended by. I love to go to the briefing and then the reception. <laughs> it's and it's attended by special guests, <laughs> such as other no, gold members, other gold members, Just gold members, the guy who played gold member. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
biannual meetings with senior Labour Party figures. So like, yeah, you get to go to like, I don't know, you get to go meet Wes Streeting at the dog track. Yeah, Keir Starmer fuck a fan contest. <laughs> a per- and here's where it gets really funny. Seven and eight of the benefits. A personalized signed copy of a conference speech from the shadow cabinet member of your choice. Of my choice? Of your choice! Could you choose wow. which conference speech? Just, just not a Labour mm. Party conference. Just a completely <laughs> different conference. What, like, yeah, I would, I would like a copy of Neil Kennock's conference speech. <laughs> no, no, I don't even want a Labour Party conference speech. I'd like, um, like, um, International Concrete Pourers Association conference speech. Get me that. <laughs> and I want it, and I want it signed mm. by Jonathan Ashworth. <laughs> I want I want Annalise Dodds to sign my copy of the um International Brotherhood of Stevedores annual meeting minutes. <laughs> um and then the eighth one is a personally signed copy of the leader's annual conference speech. Con- conference. A conference speech. speech. Yeah, doesn't say who it's been signed by. Personally signed. Someone will sign this. Maybe you can sign and sign your own speech. <laughs> Again, doesn't say which leader. Yeah. But also I love I love so much that Keir Starmer has been in office for like by this point, what, under a year, coming up on a year, and like has instituted as his only policy changes ruthless purge of the entire left of the parliamentary Labour Party and the words that rhyme with Corey hotline. <laughs> Because that's the other thing, right? If you if you like give a Tory minister, if you like shake a Tory minister's hand or sit next to them at dinner, there is example after example after example of them bending over backwards to make sure you can enrich yourself at the public's yeah, expense. Well, that's why we keep making this joke about doing entryism in the Tories. They're an easier buy. Yeah, that's why business loves them because so much. That's the thing. At, at Labour, if you give them eighty pounds a month, all they're giving you is a signed copy of a Keir Starmer conference speech. The Tories will go the extra mile for you. Labour will just tell you to go fuck yourself. I mean, the Tories, you will have to pay £50,000 for a tennis match, but even that £50,000, that's quite a low cost. You know, the the cost of corruption uh, from the 1990s has declined. Corruption is cheaper than it used to be, whereas in the 1990s, you know, the bribes, or or, sorry, not not bribes, um, donations... That's the that's mm. the correct uh, term. Were were significantly larger, uh, and you know the Labour Party, I guess, is is democratizing it by making donations uh, a lower cost than than half a. And, and, and to be clear, I'm not saying that when I say that the Labour Party will tell you to go fuck yourself, it's because they have contempt for you, and they've decided like they're going to point their corruption a different way. Like this, yeah, and also they're going to remain totally ineffective. Yeah, which is um, exactly. So it's not they're not even they're not even worth the money to like hedge your bets on. Precisely, if you want the inside access. It is there. This is a a bad investment, not because they are morally upstanding, but because they are uh, inept boobs. Hmm. Um, and it's also you're joining a club which you're going to be a member of for four years tops, right? Yeah. The 2024 club, first of January 2025. You're out. You're out. You fu- fuck off. This club has been dissolved. Taking your money. This club was a Harvard experiment, <laughs> and we've used it. And we've used it to buy um, a f- more than a few pret lunches, actually, for the Shadow Treasury Secretary. So, uh, thank mm. you. 
Um, I love to like really embed the institutions of Starmerism. This will certainly go well. Keir Starmer will remain Labour leader for definitely four years or longer. Yeah, well, because people want to win that tombola. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. right. <laughs> Once he loses that inducement, they he's do, fucking yeah. gone. I have to say, I'm I'm worried about you know sort of Labour Southeast's preparation for upcoming elections because they say on their website next year there are an unprecedented number of elections. They should be starting to, to to work out just how many number of elections there are going to be in the UK instead of just saying an unprecedented number. <laughs> Upwards 10, 12. We don't know, but it is not, it is without precedent. <laughs> every, every day there will be an election. Mm-hmm. Fine. Fuck it. Fine. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, make, make it like that at that point. This uh, is, this is the future that we're heading for is total collapse, where we are all watching Jeremy Corbyn get owned every day forever. And every, every <laughs> single day at 10 p.m., we get the BBC Sky ITV exit poll. <laughs> Great. Yeah. That's, that's it. That total, total, Collapse of time and meaning. But it's, mm-hmm. that's where we're headed. It's, it's only ever just for Sunderland and and the other uh, constituency, which gets their result in by midnight. Because then by the next day, start all yeah. over again. So it's never yeah, going to be twenty twenty four. We will forever be. We are forever holding and gazing into the bottle of WKD that you guys brought into the studio to crack open when Boris lost his seat. <laughs> that that bottle of WKD will sit as an albatross around our collective necks forever. Um, <laughs> yeah, it, it was that. That is your reminder right. and our like cosmic punishment for hubris. <laughs> so yeah, right, the, what it, that's what it looks like is um, easy to the buy. Trash the Trash Future podcast yeah. is just a bunch of guys who have the Tantalus curse, except in. Instead of a river, it's a bottle of WKD. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I think in, in in conclusion, if we want to wrap this all up in a nice, tidy little bow, um, Tories appear to be relatively easy to buy. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> Labour appears to just be relatively, um, let's say, uh, politically unambitious with their new set of tombolas. Um, and uh, Acadium is uh, a great way to show that you're interested in being a member of a major party in Britain today. <laughs> <laughs> Apply your new Rube sticker to your Trash Future bingo cards. Mm. And also, you know, by, by way of conclusion, right? And you know, we brought up you know, Jolly and Mom earlier as uh, getting a slightly uh, based uh, side possible dowing, but... You know, um, even then, even with Jolly and Mom, right, all the centrists, all the sort of sensible political commentators who thought that Britain would be plunged into chaos if on 365 days ago today, as of the recording, uh, they had uh, they would tick the box that prevented this from happening. You got what you wanted. This is what you picked. This is what you get. And you're not allowed to cry about it because this is what you voted for. So, hey, you know what? Maybe. Uh, instead of like door knocking for the Lib Dems in Kensington and Chelsea, you should have just donated to the Conservative Party a trivial amount, and at least you'd be having fun. And uh, also, I want to say, Henry, thank you very much for coming in and sharing your wisdom with us and our listeners today on the premium feed. Thank you. A pleasure. Uh, hmm. and- Would you like a free bottle of WKD? It's not cursed. Swear to God, <laughs> please take it. Um, <laughs> as ever, uh, also thank you all for listening on the Primo feed. Um, there, Don't forget also Twitch stream, 9 to 11 p.m. Thursdays and Sundays. And uh, we will see you on the free episode in a few short days. Later. Bye. Bye.